Ladies and gentlemen, in this episode of The Wind Down, we have Graham Reardon from D-Link talking to us about all sorts of aspects of their technology in both small medium businesses, for managed service providers, and in the home. This is a fantastic episode, so I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. I'm here with... Scott. And... Graham. Welcome, Scott and Graham. Scott, where are we? What are we drinking? Hey, well, we're in the firehouse again for a very specific reason. Uh, One is that we are drinking the new release of the Jacko's Blend. The, um, Jeff Merrill. Yeah, I like the 2014. What do you think about the 2015? Scott? Oh, look, this, yeah, this is the 15. It, it's uh, it's getting there. It's getting there. I think 14 was probably a, a special year for the region, and um, look, it, it's not bad by any means, but it's uh, it's not great, is it? It's a pub wine now. It, it, yeah, it's, it's a traditional pub wine rather than a really exceptional wine you'd find in a pub. Cool. Now today's a really special wine down because we have a super special guest. Do we? Scott. Oh, thank you, Nick. That's great. Yeah. Well, no, uh, Scott, you can introduce us oh. to special guest. <laughs> uh, well, guest today, we have uh, Graham Reardon from D-Link. Thank you very much for having me. It's been lovely so far. No worries at all. And where are you from, Graham? I'm from D-Link, believe okay. it or not. There we go. There's yeah. a bottle of wine for both of us already. So, so what, what we said earlier was, uh, Graham, this is a, not a vendor-specific uh, uh, podcast by any means, and to uh, stay clear of a, 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 like a product push or anything like that. So every time you mention the brand name, you need to buy a bottle of wine. So just to be clear, what are you not allowed to say? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. He picked up on that very quickly. <laughs> okay. He's better than that. He's better than you, Scott. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, well, let's begin. I'm Graham, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We don't do a lot of podcasts with other people, so we're just getting used to it. We're a bit cliquey, really. But yes. Let's, let's have a think. Yeah. Yeah, dealing lots of people would have seen in office works and places like that. You guys do a bit more, and I want to kind of explore today the bit more. So rather than doing some kind of product push, let's think of some of our customers. You know, our customers sit and look at their their network at home, and they've got NBN, and somebody supplied a router, and it sits there, and it kind of works. Why is it so hard when you're in the office? Why, Why do you need to do more with networking? Why can't you make it more simple? Yeah, I think it's an ongoing process, right? Obviously, technology changes rapidly all the mm-hmm. time, uh, whether it's Wi-Fi standards, whether it's switching technology, uh, and obviously, from a branding perspective, that's also a big one, of course. We've got to spend a lot of money to make sure our brand is out there in the marketplace. And we're, I guess, a lot like some other brands that you probably know, like HP and Apple, where uh, you know they have a very big consumer side of their business, uh, but obviously, they also have a very big business side. And here in Australia, we're a little bit lucky. We're you know pretty well 50-50. It's closer to 60-40. Uh, in some countries, we're much bigger. Uh, in uh, in some countries, we're much smaller on the consumer side. So uh, it's horses for courses. We've been here now for more than 25 years. So we've been wow. doing something right. Wow, 25 years. So how, how big is D-Link? Because I don't think anybody knows. Um, what is the size of the org? In Australia no, or globally? Globally, great question. I think there's uh, something like 1,700 employees. Wow. Uh, it's about $800 billion, uh, Sorry, I wish. $800 million <laughs> globally. Next year's budget. Exactly. Remember, I used to work for Cisco. So it's... <laughs> it's easy sometimes to get confused. Uh, and yeah, obviously we're in offices all around the world and uh, many supply chains, many warehouses. One of our big mottos is uh, think global but act local. And mm-hmm. that's certainly what we've been doing here in Australia for a long, long time. Cool, cool. So 
So one of the big things I hear from you guys is, is I say, you know, what's really interesting at the moment, everyone says Wi-Fi 6, and I go, really? You know, what's the difference? Why is it cool? And why, as a business owner, do I even care? At the end of the day, it's the latest generation, right? And obviously, as you said, it's the sixth generation, uh, you know, of Wi-Fi 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. They only started the numbering uh, with 6, yep, so yep. it's been a little bit difficult to, for some people to understand. But most people have heard of uh, 802.11ac without getting too technical. That's the last generation, which is Wi-Fi 5, and pretty well what a lot of people still have today. But Wi-Fi 6 really gives you better speed, better range slightly, because it's still using the same frequency band, so physics does get in the way. Uh, but more importantly, it gives you a lot much, uh, a, a lot more dense environment, so a lot more devices within a Wi-Fi 6 environment versus what you could have in the last generation. Okay, and what does that mean yeah. to your customers, Scott? Well I, well, I was trying to relate this actually back to something that you mentioned on the accounting uh, technology fireside, oh, fireside chat. chat. Yes, well, there's, a, there's, there's, there's a plug. But you're talking about cabling, and do you need it anymore? And this is the whole thing about the, and we spoke a little bit about this previously, that you, you go back five to eight years and Wi-Fi, yeah, you could do a lot of stuff with it, but maybe it wasn't quite the only solution you'd have in your office. But getting there to where you are today, I mean, we tend to run mostly off Wi-Fi. You're going to have some cabled equipment just for infrastructure behind the scenes and for some, maybe if you've still got a server or something like that, but everything else can be Wi-Fi these days, even phones. So, so I've got to ask, Graham, here's this question. I used to work at Microsoft. And at Microsoft, all the product teams used to compete with each other. So, so in your world, you've got the guys building the Wi-Fi stuff, and you've got the guys building the switches and the old cabling stuff. So they compete. So they kind of look at each other across the hall and go, I don't like you. I, I think certainly at a HQ level, absolutely. But here locally, we're more interested in the markets that we deal with. So, mm. uh, you know, for example, we obviously deal in our national retail customers, the likes of the JBs and the Harvey Normans of the world. And, of course, they sometimes buy business products as well. Yep. Um, but on the flip side, we also deal with small businesses, mm. medium businesses, corporates, um, MSPs, service providers, and they all buy a variety of products, whether it's a high-end data center, 100 gig switch, you know, right the way down to a five-port 10100 switch. So our focus is more around the markets that our customers play in versus the technology because the customers will actually tell us what they want to buy at the end of the day. Mm. That's interesting. So, so you go, Scott. Well, this is a trend as well I've seen, and it's a, a bit along, I guess I'll say the commoditization of IT. Um, it, you go back five or ten years again, and you've you got a premium premium brands there used to be associated with this, uh, you know, we're, we're built better or we're stronger or we're faster or got all these extra features that you could use in these specific situations. But, you know, these days, it's like a TV or a fridge. When was the last time your TV or fridge failed or, you know, you weren't able to do something on it that you wanted to do? It's pretty much got to the point where like, you got a PC, you got a laptop, you got the Wi-Fi, you got the switching. A lot of that is so commoditized. And look, behind the scenes, I know there's only two chipset manufacturers for the access points on the Wi-Fis. So it doesn't really matter what brand or what vendor you're going to. It's either A or B. The rest of it's just the cover. Uh, like my car, I've got a Turag. But I also know that the Audi and the Porsche have the same engine, the same internal drivetrain, the same shit. I've got a That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's a Porsche with a different colour. That's right. Porsches have oil leaks as well. I know I do. <laughs> anyway, but it's the same sort of thing that, yeah, it's a lot more uh, effective having a smaller number of manufacturers behind the scenes producing all the, the common components. Then you just add your special features on top. The thing is, a lot of these products have been around for long enough today that what people use them for, there's all the special stuff is not special anymore. It's just standard things. 
I think just jumping in, I think that's exactly where our focus is and you know where our value to customers comes from is that you know 90% of the functionality in, in products, hardly anyone uses, especially as you go up the stack. So you're paying for features and benefits that you don't necessarily need unless you've got something specific. And where our brand, saving myself a bottle of wine there. Uh, you know, <laughs> Which comes, brand was that? <laughs> That's right. Where, where our brand comes to the party is obviously, you know, providing that functionality that 95 or even more, you know, percent of customers actually need yep. at a cost-effective price. Cool. Yeah. So, so question, you know, kind of following on from that, we were kind of talking about trends and Scott sees, you know, we've talked a lot about simplification, about mm. moving away from the old FITS network, about, you know, having less complex routing and those kind of things. So that's the trends we see. But, but you're sitting there in this wonderful position in Venderland, you know, you see what everybody buys. And, and we like to be, you know, right up at the front leading the charge at the, you know, everything's in the cloud and it's all simplified. Are you really are you seeing those trends in the marketplace or, or do you see something different? No, absolutely. I think you're seeing the same trends that I'm, uh, you know, that I'm seeing. We all read the same publications, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, and, and absolutely, people are wanting to push more into the cloud, but still have something on premise. You know, they certainly still have some security concerns in mind. And, you know, we've seen some stuff just in the last week or two, uh, you know, where there's been breaches. There have been some of our competitors have big data breaches as well. Uh, and, you know, of course, that just c concerns people. So, uh, you know, I personally still think it's very much a hybrid model for the foreseeable future mm -hmm. until some of those security issues are sorted out. And then I think you'll see, you know, that final 20, 30 percent of people really move into the cloud from a, from a full time perspective. Wow. So yeah. question for both of you then. Yeah. Do you think the future is 100 percent cloud? Is, is that where we're going to end up, where everything's a SaaS application and everyone's an endpoint? I think that's the next generation of where we're heading. I have this vague idea, though, that there's a generational shift beyond that that's going to be something else. Ooh, Ooh, yeah, I'm interested in what that is. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know once I've trademarked it. <laughs> I'm patented it. Um, but um, I think for the next, yeah, let's say, 10 years, uh, why would you not move off your premises with you know on, on premises equipment into cloud to have that managed and we've we've seen this migration happening all over the place you don't need these controllers anymore a lot of this stuff is getting moved in there there may be some special use cases still where it applies but if you're looking at replacing gear now you're really looking for the next five to seven years because i can tell you once those switches and access points go in you don't you tend not to change them you're really focused on improving your business not on how you know, what color my switch is or whatever it is so if you're making decisions now, why don't you just be done with it? Get rid of all the complexity on your site and move forward. Awesome. Okay. So, Graham? Yeah, same? I think the other, uh, yeah, very much so. I think it's still got a while to go. I think uh, what people want is management capability. They want to be able to see their entire network or, in fact, their customers' networks, if they're an MSP, for example, uh, from a single pane of glass, from a single dashboard where they can monitor, maintain, uh, you know, upgrade, firmware, security, you know, all from a single dashboard. And, uh, and obviously, you know, that's where one of our sub-brands has been uh, yeah. pushing very hard over the last uh, couple of years. And I know you guys have, you know, seen our Nucleus Cloud products. Uh, and certainly that's Who's a big Nucleus focus Cloud for us. products? <laughs> I'm doing well so far, you aren't I? We have to rethink the strategy. We are going okay. to get you, that. I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> so, so thinking about that, so my background as well as working for Microsoft, I'm a systems management guy. And, and what I see happening is... You know, everybody says a single pane of glass, but there's an awful lot of single panes of glass, right? Are we heading again for a convergence, you think, of management platforms? You know, SNMP, Simple Network Management Protocol, was a, a, a well-thought-out 1970s sure. solution yes. for systems management. Might, yeah. might not quite be where we want it to be now. The 
distributed management task force and WMI kind of was stoppy starty, didn't really get traction. Is there now a space for a new you know, centralized management paradigm across everything? Is, is that where we're kind of heading? I, I think it's a similar uh, question to the last question and it's still some time away. You know, obviously from a network perspective, absolutely our brand can supply that, you know, across the network, across Wi-Fi, across switching, shortly across cameras and things like that as well. But tying in then to other applications, whether it's a Office 365 or, uh, you know, some uh, SAP or some ERP system that you might have in the background, I think that's still what, quite a way to go. But I think there's a huge opportunity for someone, some company somewhere, you know, to come out with some uh, aggregation model to really to really uh, end up at that space, I, absolutely. Um, I, I see where you're hitting. I've, I've seen the portal of portals concept before. It, it's, it's, not, it's not great. It's a tough it's, It wasn't a great result. No, it's it hard to do, right? I've, yeah, the, the solution for management. The problem with Portal of Portals, uh, and it's a, uh, it's a bit like where um, uh, Adobe Flash ended up. If you and you know Flash now deprecated, but Flash had to run on all these different systems. Therefore, you got the bare minimum number of functions that would work across all of them. And that's what you could write to. Bare minimum of security across yes, the system. Yes, uh, yes. I, I don't even know if we got bare minimum. Um, <laughs> but um, this is the thing of portal of portals. If you're trying to manage 10 different portals behind the scenes out of one portal, that one portal is not going to be specialised taking into the advantages of what each portal can do. It's just going to have the common functions available. Is that good? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it being really successful yet. It's always the lowest common denominator, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so interesting, you, you just mentioned you're talking about management. You talked about cameras. Now, you know, my very small knowledge of, of D-Link always was... Who? Sorry? No, I'm not <laughs> All right, okay. I thought you were buying for me as well. No, 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 That's no, what no, you no. told me the rules were at the start. I think you may have misinterpreted. They have some packet loss there, so anyway. Oh, dear. Thank you, Jack. Um, but, but you mentioned cameras. And we're starting to get into, I see more and more and more that type of security being really important. I think more when there's less people in the office now, right? It's not the same cadence you used to have. I assume that's now a new growing business sphere. Yeah, it is. I mean, obviously, we've been in the smart home space for many, many years. We were one of the first, uh, you know, to come out with cloud-based recording for consumer cameras. Uh, and, and we've been doing a great job in that space. Long way to go still. And obviously, now, as we, uh, you know, bring more uh, smart devices that connect into uh, the smart home, uh, such as sensors, such as, uh, you know, water systems and all sorts of other things that are more application-focused, um, mm. then it becomes even more interesting. Mm. On the commercial side, we've, again, been doing commercial cameras and NVRs, so network video recorders, for quite some time also. Um, and I think that... Uh, you know, there's been a lot of concern around, obviously, uh, areas of manufacturing, uh, you know, where cameras come from, uh, quite rightly, in a lot of instances. Mm. And uh, obviously, we're a Taiwanese company, so uh, we stand quite uh, quite proudly there. Um, and, you know, I think there's still a long way to go in that space, but absolutely, every small business, if I look around here, I'm sure there's one right there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I see cameras in every place mm. I go to now. Mm. Uh, so Wi-Fi, you know, switching to a degree, mm. and cameras are absolutely a requirement for every small business. Mm. I know just on the, on the cameras, there's an interesting uh, debate going on at the moment about the old security professional that would be registered and have their security license and various things. So used to, you know, go and do the proper camera installs and run the coax and versus 
hey, I can just walk down the road, buy a box out of a store, put it up, and I've achieved the same result. Well, okay, it's not really the same result, but I don't need a license for that. It's become so consumable in that respect that it, it's simplified that entire previous model. And I'm, I'm not sure where that where that's heading yet, because you don't need a license for it versus you're supposed to have one, or, or are you supposed to have one? I, yeah, you are. Um, yeah. So we, we have a master security license as our, as our brand, uh, and then our individuals that go out and do site surveys and sometimes installations on behalf of our resellers also have a security license. So uh, I personally had to go down to Ride Police Station, oh, get my go. fingerprints checked, and luckily nothing happened. I was all <laughs> fine. Uh, but, uh, but absolutely, it is a requirement if you're specking or installing security into a small business and a home, uh, then you're meant to have a security license. Okay. So there is a fine grey line, yeah. uh, but, but, but you know, from a, from a consumer perspective, you know, into a business. So uh, if you have a look on our website, uh, dlink.com.au, oh, well uh, you'll find our security <laughs> license written all over it. <laughs> Excellent. So there's a, another question there. So from an MSP point of view, like business Scott runs traditionally provides IT services to businesses, and every now and then you have to go and do something for the CEO or the managing director. Yeah. What are your thoughts on MSPs expanding into delivering products into the homes? Is that an opportunity and is that something you're looking to in the future? We already do quite a bit of that actually. So we had uh, one of our pre-sales engineers managed to get out of Melbourne uh, a couple of weeks uh, before the lockdown that they're currently in uh, and actually came up for a business and was asked to also go and look at some of the uh, stakeholders' homes uh, and actually spec them out. So uh, we see more of that. Uh, that's very much a business decision for the reseller. Uh, clearly there's relationships involved there often. Uh, usually it's probably not a huge uh, revenue winner uh, for them. So we, we very much support the reseller. If they require our support or assistance, we'll of course you know do that. Um, but we very much leave that to the reseller. Cool. But the MSP can then rely on your security license? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what about that, Scott? There's a new business idea well, the, I came up with the in the middle of the public Security podcast. as a service. <laughs> SAS. Oh, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking home automation as a service. <laughs> that's yeah. That's going to catch on. That's 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 yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. So that's home. That's cameras. Let's get back to the to, back to back into customer land. You know, back into the place we live. Um, yeah. Ideally, when I when I look at the businesses we're working in at the moment, yeah, you know, we've got either accountants with small offices or, or one or two offices. Um, or maybe maybe a, a, a national brand with a, a bunch of offices in different places. And for years they've been sold this concept of the, the MPLS network. You know, go to yep. a carrier, you've got one point that goes out to the internet, mm, sure. and this big internal wide area network, and it that's kind of not the future, is it? And what's, what's kind of your view on that? And then, Scott, what's your mm. view on that as a, as a thing? Yeah, I think uh, from, from our perspective, we very much see the MSP playing a, a key role here. It's obviously, uh, you know, more and more customers of that ilk, a small accountant, for example, they're not interested in running their own IT. They don't want to be involved. They want to outsource it to someone else who is a professional, you know, who is who is paid to manage and maintain that network, keep it secure, obviously, and provide the business functionality that they require. Uh, and again, that's where our nucleus platforms, both our uh, Connect platform and our uh, cloud platform, come into play. You like the who's, way I'm doing that, don't who's you? Connected Oh. No, Don't like, worry, I'll just I'll do a triple at the end just to make sure I buy you guys some wine. No Excellent. Problems. I'm happy now. Uh, we should be by the wine, by the way. We haven't yeah, got some podcast. Yes, yeah. absolutely, I agree. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and so, you know, basically getting back to the question, though, is the MSP is really the one we're supporting. They need to be able to su uh, support and manage uh, multiple customers, yep. whether it's in a single location, whether they've got branch offices,
businesses around the country or around the world. Uh, and so our Nucleus platform provides them the platform to be able to do that. Cool. Mm. And does that extend out to the devices in the home, going back to the... It can, absolutely. Cool. Uh, so uh, obviously at the moment we're still in ramp-up phase. We've got switching and wireless and soon cameras uh, will be embedded within that platform as well. Um, but of course, once you've got the platform, then it's easy to extend with multiple devices onto it. So I'm sure uh, over the next six or 12 months, you'll see more and more, uh, I guess, slightly adjacent devices from those three uh, areas that we've just spoken about coming onto the platform as well. Yeah. And how are you seeing that across your customer base? Uh, well, look, MPLS and yeah, historically we've run our own MPLS network. Um, it's, I, I don't think unless you've got a specific need being you've got legacy technology that needs it or you've got a very specific security need where you don't want to touch the internet for anything then MPLS is dead okay wow so MPLS is dead yes right not to be controversial but Ca cameras <laughs> cameras and, and and smart homes are the go yes and we're going to extend everything we do into the the, the senior executives of our customers well, there you go and look and it's already there Everybody got sent home to work from home, and all these businesses kept working, and I can tell you, they didn't have MPLS at home. Yeah, no, good point. I don't have MPLS at home either. So they're, well, Me they, they, I used to. Oh, well. well, we had our own network. It was easy. Devices at home, so that, oh, there you go. Which, which product was that, sir? <laughs> D-Link. I'm still allowed to say that, Thank you know. So, we should have negotiated this better. Yes, Clearly. okay. Brilliant. Anyway, um, look, we're coming up on time for the wind down. So, that was, Graham, that's been fantastic. It's been yes. super interesting. I hope you, know, you enjoyed that as well. Certainly, if you like what you hear or if you have other questions to ask us, leave something in the comments, give us a like, and hit that subscribe button. If you want to see when we post a new video and you're on YouTube, hit the little bell as well. So, Ooh. Graham and Scott, thank you very much for being on the wind down. Thank you, Nick. Thank, Thank you, Graham. Thank you, Scott. It's been a pleasure. Cool. Have a great day, everyone. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye-bye.